0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode and the first of our Dig Deep and Debate style episodes. So these are going to be sporadically done um, between the other episodes that are sort of our normal content here on the podcast. Uh, And this is our very first one. And already I've got to say trigger warning. Uh, We do get into some, some deep questions in here. We do ask awkward questions. And when we get to the beginning of the interview, I do cover touch on some more information with regards to this episode and just in general, the Dig Deep and Debate episodes. I'm kind of laying on thick so people can understand what it is we're trying to do with these episodes. But this one specifically, we do reference suicide. Um, So if you feel like you're going to be triggered by that, um, then either listen to the episode with someone, uh, with someone you trust, or maybe this isn't going to be an episode that's for you or for you right now. Um, Also in the show notes, we have linked a couple of charities, uh, which always available to offer you some support um, and guidance if you are triggered by those things. There are other things in here that may be triggering as well, Um, but the specific one um, that we do touch on that I wanted to, to sort of get into before we got into the episode properly um, is we do talk about and connect to suicide, particularly in relationship to um, LGBTQ plus and uh, youngsters and teens. So please be aware of that. Um, maybe if you're under eighteen, you would like to listen to this with a parent or guardian. Um, it also can help to open up conversations with them um, and get them helping you ask questions and understand and things a bit more too. Uh, so we will jump into the intro. Enjoy. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry with your host Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. This is going to be the first recording of. I don't want to use the term mini series because these are going to be spread out. This is like a, an ongoing mini series that will sporadically appear through the episodes and through the seasons. Um, entitled "Dig Deep and Debate," and we're going to start bringing some more for want of a better word, awkward conversations, difficult conversations and where we actually start to hopefully spark change with topics like today's topics. Change would be awesome and um, but also start making us think as women about deeper issues that go on that we as pageant women can start making an impact um we do campaigns we all have our platforms and things like that but i think sometimes we can be a bit afraid of asking what i refer to as the stupid questions but actually they're not stupid they are the ones that um spark those difficult conversations and i think there are so many topics in life uh, where we need to get and i'm stealing our guest word from we just spoke a moment ago we need need to get uncomfortable so dig deep and debate is going to be all about getting uncomfortable around certain topics so we can learn and grow and flourish and make change and be fabulous I am going to trigger warning is probably the wrong thing to say um I'm going to be asking questions that risk me sounding like a homophobic idiot there you go I'm going to put it like that and um, because I want to go to some very basic levels these are areas that I may already know a bit of the answer about so I t- kind of don't want to be labeled a homophobic idiot but I'm asking these questions so that we can take the conversation in lots of different directions so and um, I will be sort of doing this with a lot of the dig deep and debate so um please don't think I'm a homophobic idiot I'm just trying to um get into some tricky areas, I think is probably the better way to explain it. Um, And we have a fabulous special guest completely putting you in the hot seat as this is the first Dig Deep and Debate. So you you have no idea how these episodes are going to go because it's the first one that we're doing. But hello to the fabulous Lauren. Do you want to give us a little introduction, who you are and what system you're competing in and things like that? So we sort of get the, the the pageant bit out of the way.
1: Hello everyone and thank you for having me. I am Lauren Parkinson as Jessica said and I am a Miss Wales finalist 2021, um, openly gay and I have been in the pageant scene now for over five years I want to say since like 2015 so, um, yeah, it seems like a great conversation to have. And as obviously Jessica said, you know, you're not going to sound like an, a homophobic idiot one bit, but we do have to have these obviously difficult conversations to educate ourselves further. And I am happy to be here to to facilitate this um, in a very open and I would say open and informative chat um so I'm really happy to be here um thank you for asking me to be a part of this.
0: I think that when you've got conversations like this um same with conversations around racism as well that we on journeys to try and educate ourselves actually can put whack our own heads against the brick wall because we are too scared to ask the questions because we're worried it would make us sound homophobic or make us sound racist um and I think it's I'm very lucky in that I have amazing friends, amazing people that I can go to and ask these questions and they know I'm coming from a good place. They know that I'm a nice person and that I'm not trying to be confrontational or anything. I'm trying to learn from them. Um, and that can be quite tricky if you don't feel like you've got those people in your life. You don't feel like you've got those kind of relationships where you feel safe enough to have these conversations. Um, that you can end up limiting your own personal growth um yeah. I'm I'm bisexual I've never officially like come out in a way but I think with um your journey and I'll ask you about this in a moment because you officially came out last year um and it did then spark like the thought in my head when you were talking about like worrying about the changing rooms and stuff like that which is definitely something we're going to talk about um and I was like well oh, maybe that is maybe on some level that has stopped me speaking about it so much that I've worried about those kind of environments and would people see it a bit differently? Um, and we've had like Jen Atkin came out as bisexual as well. And she's like, I just, I never feel, felt like I needed a come out thing, but maybe actually I did. And I've since spoken um, like to yourself, um, to Emma J and, and been like, actually it's, Is it okay? Is it okay if I speak up? So that's something else we're going to touch on as well. Like if you are not, um, for want of a better phrase, fully gay, or if you're not gay at all, like if you're um, heterosexual, like is is it okay to speak up about those things as well? So that's those are those are some of the different things that I want to get into. Um, But can we start on? And what made you feel like you wanted to come out?
1: So for me, it was. It was more on like a personal level um, rather than a pageantry level. Um, I obviously was with my girlfriend for a year and a half prior to coming out with the fear of uh, obviously in a way being judged in the pageant world and where where do I fit in now that I'm gay, openly gay and openly saying this, but also you know, I had so many people ask me questions. How can you go into Thailand on your own? Because obviously if people listening don't know, I am doing a long distance relationship. Um, my girlfriend is half Thai, half Japanese, um, lives in Thailand, Bangkok. And I'm obviously, well, I was before COVID, traveling back and two. And there was a lot of questions surrounding that and a lot of questions surrounding, you know, the support I had there and the friendships I'd made and how I'd made them and how they'd formed. And, um, so it was a part of my life that I kept hidden in fear that people would clock on and say, oh, Lauren looks really close to that to that girl. What's going on there? And instead of someone else writing my narrative, I wanted to be the one in charge of that. And um, instead of little gossip um, rumors starting behind my back, I wanted to always be in charge of what people knew about my life. So I think my coming out was me taking charge and owning exactly who I am, you know, whether it be in pageants and just in my private life. It was, you know, it was, it it was empowering in a way, um, and I think I'm going off a little bit here, but, you know, it was more for me to be in charge. That's why I came out and that's why I felt the need to come out rather than people talk behind my back.
0: And on the flip side, what made you not come out sooner?
1: Because of the conversations that I had overheard in pageant land about when someone has been out and the the conversations around the uncomfortability of them being in the changing rooms. Like you said previously, you know, I have heard comments. And if we look at the representation that we have in pageantry, you know, what sort of examples and what sort of, you know, stories, success stories do we have to go by from openly gay, you know, pageant contenders? There isn't many. And that really put a fear in my mind is why isn't there many? Is it because they're not accepted? Is it because they're not going to win a pageant if they're openly gay? You know, I am, you know, I've worked so hard Miss Wales and for my pageant if we could call it a career or hobby I've worked so hard and for it all to come down to my life choices is that really fair and is that something I want to jeopardize when I've worked so hard for it it was my you know Miss Wales is my last pageant and if this one thing is the reason why I don't win it is a whole lot of work to have put in to get this far to, you know, to not be successful because of that.
0: I think that's one of the things that I hope people listening that can be inspired to do it as early on in your career as possible, because I suppose then, and I, I like the term career, I know it's a hobby, but we do, we work after butts off so I Mm -hmm. feel like it is a hobby that also deserves the career title Um, yeah it does it really does it explains I think it also explains it the better but yeah within your pageant career to, to kind of come out be it coming out as as gay or bisexual or whatever kind of thing it may be um to come out as soon as possible um so that you can then if the system you're in does have an issue with it, you can move to another system and not actually waste your time, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's quite an interesting one. Um, yeah,
1: and, and I think lockdown really gave us that um, that insight, you know, because we had so much time. It wasn't like the pressure was on where you had to make that decision then and there. There was always time to change your mind in, in what system you were in, how you were evolving as a person through lockdown. You know, do you at the end of lockdown still align with that system?
0: I think a lot of people have been through that that kind of process as well and they've seen when the the glitter and sparkles of the actual events isn't happening like how much actually happens with the sister uh, with the system how much of a sisterhood is actually there when they're not physically meeting up and things when you have to put Mm -hmm. more effort into the relationships and things Um, and I think people have seen like different dynamics and stuff shift there I mean there is a whole separate conversation that I think encompasses this as well as other things where we are a bit nervous about being our true selves, which is so ironic when in pageantry we always talk, be yourself, be yourself. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't really realize that I'd not spoken about something until a couple of weeks ago um when I mentioned it on on Clubhouse in a fitness room. And they were like, We oh, didn't know that about you. And that was that I um pre-daughter had taught some fitness classes at a nudist camp. Um, well, it was a nudist club. They met up at an actual gym. They took over this gym and, and swimming pool and stuff every, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, something like that. Um, and uh, and I went and taught some sessions there and I realized I just never mentioned it. And I was like, pretty sure it's because of pageantry that actually never mentioned it. But for me, it's it's a really good learning tool because not once did any of those nudists ever ask me how could they lose weight they were always like, how do I get stronger? How do I get healthier? And for me, they had like the epitome of like really good body image. And I was like, actually, I should be talking about this more because I had such a blast teaching those awesome people, but there's so much body confidence that I could be learning in here. And I was like, I embrace so much of who I am in pageantry and talk so much about being honest and open and who you are in pageantry. Yet I'd not mentioned that. And same with, with being bisexual. I'd not mentioned that. And I think I'd in other areas of my life I probably had, but never really kind of brought it to the surface within pageantry. And I've I've definitely embraced being like a whole new level of authentic and lockdown. I think a lot of other people have found in, in so many different aspects of their lives. And I remember I did a, where are we now? Uh, so it's June now in May, I had a, a shoot with Clemmie and, and Patty was doing my makeup and sort of chatting away to her. And I was just like, I'm really tired of turning Jess down. I'm I'm yeah. myself, but I keep a, I keep bringing the volume down and it's exhausting and I don't want to do it anymore and I've just thought sod it. If it means I don't ever get a crown, I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah, and that's completely what my mindset was June last year when I came out as like, you know what? If I don't win the Miss Wales crown after how hard I've worked, it's not for me it's it's not the path that i needed to go down because the last thing i would want to do is be a queen for a pageant where my feelings and my being was was um minimized it was oppressed why would i want to do that to myself mm. you know but on the other side i was i was lucky that i was met with so much love and and you know i was congratulated for you know you know as someone quoted to me paving the way for pageant girls um so yeah.
0: Do you think it's become? Um, so this is where I start asking uh, the <laughs> the questions that risk me looking like an ass, but I want to dig mm-hmm. into them. Do you feel like it's now become too much of your brand, though? Are you are you worried, or are you worried it might go that way that that you'll only be known for that because you do so much within pageantry, or are you happy for that to be be the case? Like, where do you see yourself sitting with that?
1: I think. As you know Miss World has a big um, focus on a beauty with a purpose project and if I could turn being completely myself into that project I think it's great and I think it's showing that you can go to an international pageant with this platform that isn't um, what would we say like the pageant norm platform like it's not body confidence it's not mental health it is a like it's a is it a niche is that the right word I'm looking for yeah 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 so it's it's its own niche like it's its own own thing and it. I don't think it's ever really been done before well it's I I know for a fact it's never been done before at Miss World no one's ever really turned you know being gay into their beauty with a purpose project and helping others and you know what I was I was so lost in pageantry for so long without even knowing it. Um, I didn't know what my platform was. I didn't know what I stood for. I kind of followed the charities that the pageant had set out. And I focused so much on what the pageant's ethos was. And I was losing what my own ethos was. And, you know, although people can say, you know, oh, yeah, that's Lauren. That's that's the openly gay one. There's so much more to me. But I have, everyone knows what else there is to me because they've seen that for the four years in pageant land. Um, And now they're seeing this side. And you know what, if I, if I overcook it, if I overdo it, you know what, I I really don't care because I just want to shout it from the rooftops that I am out and I am proud. And this is what I stand for now.
0: I think that's the way we actually make change I'm I'm actually a big lover of labels if they're labels that we've chosen ourselves and we can yeah. actually use them to empower certain parts of of our personality of who we are and things like that like I'm quite happy being labeled an eco nuts because it's so it's so a part of my world it's, it's yeah my world enough that I made it my platform um but I do think people can get a bit a bit scared of being labelled something, but choose your label and then it's be in hard. charge. Yeah, be
1: in charge of what you want to put out.
0: And I love that um, the words you used earlier, the narrative. You like being in charge of your own narrative of your life. Yeah. And I mean, you can be so many other things but that that niche word um comes up a lot in business and things it's like finding finding your niche within business and same like social media if you want to make an impact with your social media is is like find that niche. Of course we know you're more than that. Um, but you're not gonna get known in general if you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, how you really get known is actually by having that label, having that niche and having that thing that push forward. So um, I'm really pleased that you're embracing it and push forward because I do know that some people like shy away from that. And I'm like, no, that's where the magic is. That's where the magic is. Yeah,
1: stick stick to one thing and focus on that and great things are going to happen. I am not a person that can do too many things at once because I'll start something and I'll never finish it. I need to focus on one thing and one thing only. So having, you know, being out and being proud as my thing to focus on, you know, I'm starting to see a difference already in in the way that my, I don't know, my personal branding is developing the opportunities that I'm now having, the, you know, the coverage that I'm getting as well. I've chosen this path to go down myself I've not been pushed or forced into it and everything is happening so organically and so quickly that it is creating this ripple effect where more great things are happening from this. Hmm.
0: Is there an LGBTQ plus inclusivity issue in UK pageant industry?
1: Now I'm pausing because I'm thinking the right way to put this. I was asked this um, before and if we look in terms of representation in pageantry, um, I think I said there's like maybe two queens that I can think of off the top of my head that are openly gay or bisexual and that's obviously Jen and obviously we know Emma because she knows she's an amazing amazing queen who does so much um but you know we look at Miss Universe we look at the Miss World qualifiers here in the UK we look at Miss International um you know the Grand Slam pageants that you know have the international fan base there isn't much representation. I don't know whether there's an issue behind that. I don't know. It's. I don't think it's an issue with the systems. I think it's an issue with our mindsets. Mm. There is this fear of coming out in pageantry in the UK which obviously I'm hoping to change along with others who are you know like yourself facilitating these conversations and you know helping everyone understand that there isn't an issue of being yourself you will be accepted in one pageant or another but obviously moving forward I hope that in September if everything goes my way that that's going to create you know a ripple effect where other people are going to see me if I am crowned Miss Wales as openly gay Miss Wales the first openly gay Miss World contestant there's ever been that it is accepted and and they can be truly themselves too um but it is a marathon not a sprint and I don't think this is something that can be rushed if I said there is a problem, there's a problem with other aspects, especially ruling, which I've, you know, had some open conversations with directors about. Um, I had an open conversation with someone involved in a pageant last week whose rules have changed since. Um, you know, and we, we've we got to have these awkward conversations to spark change, like, you know, we say. Um, but whether there's an issue within pageantry and the, I don't know whether you phrased it as accepting LGBT you know members or it's a harder one it really is because although I love pageant land I want to I want I kind of want to turn my blinkers on and say no there's no issues everyone loves everyone you know we're all accepted but what when we look at representation who do we have
0: yeah and it's also it's a harder one to because it's not a visual representation like mm-hmm. we can um when it comes to um is there a racism issue which we are going to do an episode on I've had someone come forward to say they're quite happy to discuss the topic so I need to get a date booked in with her um because uh, <laughs> tricky conversations to have from both sides
1: Yeah,
0: and um, and uh you can visually see that you can visually Um, see that hang on a minute this pageant has been completely white and has been white for the last five years and yeah there's like there's not even there's not even the token black judge and you can see that but um when it comes to um lgbtq plus often it's not visual um and even if the person is out but doesn't wave the flag and shout about it other people that are looking at the pageant going oh is there place, Is there a space for me is there a
1: place for, yeah exactly yeah they don't know um, and that's why I want to be that person to wave that flag and be so proud of it to show actually yes there is a place for you here come on like there is this can be your platform this can be your brand this is what you can bring to pageantry just join the like join the pride effect wave your flag and get on stage.
0: Yeah, that's what I want to do. This this kind of leads into so this is something that um you were interviewed on on Clubhouse by Diva Magazine. I hope I'm quite yes, yeah, yes. Uh, by Diva Magazine, and it was something that I came up and like sort of put my hand up and and asked. Um, and it's actually the thing that prompted our sort of gay, uh, pride theme on Pageantland on the Instagram. We've been sharing tips to be a better ally. Um, yeah, because I've always struggled with. I'm bi so in theory I am part of the LGBT plus community but because I'm not fully gay I felt awkward it being my fight and not because I didn't want it to be my fight like I wanted to be part of the the fight but in a way that and I'm this is completely like heart bared here um the fully gay people in the community would be like well you'll buy it's not a real struggle for you you you've got you're in a straight relationship you're like because people automatically just presume you're straight when you've got a boyfriend and and it's like you you'll like it's not your fight you don't have the same issues you don't have the same struggles and I kind of felt like um like I wasn't I wasn't gay enough like I wasn't LGBTQ enough to to stand up and be like no I'm gonna wave the flag and no I'm like and it was with you coming out and then with um Jen saying well I'm I'm bi what are you gonna make of it kind of thing like as well and I suddenly realized that oh it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're even not even if you're not bi even if you're completely straight it can still be our fight and it's trying to find ways that you can do it better which is why we made it about the ally tips um, being a better um lgbtq plus ally um was the way we've gone with our instagram posts through this month um it's june at the time of recording this for anyone's confused because this is going out in july um <laughs> but um the posts are still there so go back and read them and learn how to be a better ally um but it's it is and i find the the same the same with racism like i'm 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 not black, so I feel like I'm people look at me going, Well, it's not your fight, what are you doing here? And it's like, actually, no, no, we can. And um, we can be the change even if it's not necessarily our issue. Literally, it's so hard to find the right words, isn't it? It's so hard to find the right words. Like
1: Yeah, and I think this is this is where I I believe that bisexual people struggle more, is because of the they don't feel that they are validated within their sexuality because people label them as greedy they can't make their mind up it's just a phase and it's not you, you use the term fully gay I don't see that as the term to call obviously yourself I know you can label yourself however you want but bisexual people are just as gay as I am you know it it's it's how I don't so you know it's it's your fight too if you want it to be your fight and I think that you need to give yourself a bit more credit (laughs) I'm
0: getting better I'm getting better at it
1: yeah and you know you are you are valid and your feelings are valid within this community and this it can be as much as your fight as you want to make it um and i that's the one thing i want everyone to know is that if you are bisexual and you are struggling to um validate yourself just know that that you're completely welcome and you are valid
0: mm. i think that, i think that's really important i think one of the things that i was pondering and um, when this all um sort of released across social with yourself um and and with jen and i went hang on a minute At Pageantland, the the brand that we run this, and I know we use that term in two different ways. But Pageantland, our aim is to help grow UK pageant contestants and the industry as a whole. Yeah, and I'm being quiet about something that could make more people want to do pageantry because it would help them see that there is space for them here. Whereas, yeah, look at pageantry, and it it looks very straight. Um, yeah, changing. Thank you, thank you, Lauren. It's Jane Jade.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, you look <laughs> at pageants and you just see whitewashed straight people. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> it looks very straight, and actually, it really, really isn't. Like I, um I only know two, and I, I don't like the term fully gay, but that's the only way I can explain how I mean. Yeah, um, at the moment, I'm working on my terminology. It's a learning curve. Um, I after after Jen's post I then was like oh well I am too was I meant to say something like I was kind of like literally I think I said was I meant to say something and then I had another friend and I don't know if she's said this in public so I won't say her name but I'm actually two other members of the pageant team have both gone also yeah. well, I'm by too actually am I meant to have said something and I'm like <laughs> I feel like we needed to come I, should I have said something like I didn't realize I, I kind of had to but then I actually realized I want to um, yeah I felt like I was suddenly I was like hang on a minute I'm <laughs> this there's a whole untapped resource here when it comes to expanding the pageant industry that was literally smacking me in the face every time I looked in the mirror and... yeah
1: and I think that's a question that we have to ask you know is it necessary in pageantry even if you are bisexual? um rather than gay is it necessary for you to come out yeah 100% if you feel within yourself that it is mm. if you think that it's going to free you in some way because you know and also is that going to help other people if that's your your motive in doing that um then yes it's necessary but if you feel that you can quite happily get by and and, and help in other ways then that's okay too.
0: Mm. I do and um, I've I've just kind of not forced myself that's the wrong word actively encouraged myself to slide into conversations um and 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 I've chose that's that's the right way that I've done it for me is just to like slide into conversations and things yeah and then it opens up and I have had people sort of spotted that I've slid into a conversation and then they'll mess yeah. up separately and they're like I am too and I now want to talk about it and stuff like that, which I think is like... And it sparks
1: a, conversations and change, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is where change happens. It's, it literally starts from tiny conversations about these yeah. things um, and making those conversations much more normal. Um, in the same way, another dig deep um, and debate conversation I want to have is around um, uh, periods. So if anyone really wants to come and discuss that with me um, <laughs> on a podcast, please get in touch. Um, because I've, I've started doing that more. It's, it's like why am I not gonna and I, that for me sparked with I um uh where you are in your in your cycle affects your fitness training and i would never actually had that conversation with my personal trainer how crazy is that because I didn't want to say the word period and he's a bloke well I don't I, unfortunately I can't train with him at the moment but um I was like it was it's actually quite important that we talk about certain things because it's a representation of our health and uh, affects our daily lives and I was just like there are so many things that we say in hush whispers. There are so many things that we say in so like many.
1: Words. And like and when I'm quite an open person, right? I'll announce when I'm going to the toilet, and <laughs> people are like you didn't need to tell me that. And I'm like, okay,
0: all right. <laughs> We need to we need to normalize normal words because we normalize
1: your body's functioning. Like it's fine. It's just normal functions.
0: Just go to the loo. It's absolutely fine. I'm like I'm probably not going to come back to the dinner table and be like, oh yeah. I wouldn't go in there. It's a bit stinky. I actually had a bit of dark <laughs> while I was on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is. We it's like we I can't say. I'm. What what we sort of. <laughs> We're like oh, lady bits, and I'm like, it's a vagina. Yeah, Let's <laughs> just, just call it a vagina. And so like, oh, it has a function. <laughs> it has a function. I mean, it's it's really tricky because I've got um, I've got a four year old that I want her to to grow up with all the understandings of things, um, mm-hmm. and actually she she knew patty as as patrick um and i explained when we went to the photo shoot um, that she was going to see the person that she used to know as patrick but um patrick has actually decided that patrick um is is female and is now patty and she's like okay cool like just she's four she just accepts things like yeah yeah and and have that explanation and things and be willing to have those conversations and talk to her about it and and what have you um, and she's
1: at that perfect age to learn yeah. and grow up with these you know rather than parents shying away from these what they would call uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. starting them young is ultimately opening their eyes into realistic life
0: yeah definitely um what are your thoughts about if more pageants start popping up that are exclusively for LGBTQ plus community people? If they started doing more pageants saying you have to be a member of LGBTQ plus to take part, what would you think of that? Um,
1: first word that comes to my mind is segregation. Um, my... My... My issue with that is we are fighting for equality and inclusivity if we just have a pageant predominantly for the LGBT community are we not just adding to the lack of equality in the world So for I, I would me
0: agree. it's hard to debate when you agree
1: <laughs> Yeah so for me <laughs> I personally wouldn't want to compete in a all LGBT pageant because I am just as capable and if not more than capable to compete in a, how would we call it? Um, I don't want to use the word normal, um, but to what us is an, is a a pageant that has been around for years. So, for example, if they were to do a Miss Universe LGBTQ, no, I want to compete in Miss Universe because
0: <laughs> it makes you feel like you can't then compete. It
1: puts a label on it. it, it it's someone else. Like I said before, we want to write our own narrative. That is someone else writing the narrative for you.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and and I look at you know women that identify. If we look at trans women that identify as women. They are fighting to be recognised as women, and that's why I think that they should be allowed in main what mainstream pageants. I don't know what the um the
0: the term would be. Term, yeah, I'm
1: terminology would be every day. I, should
0: we call it an epic yeah, pageant? First, yeah. for today. So
1: this is why I think they should be competing alongside people like myself, because they are fought long and hard to be accepted why now are we going to take away that right
0: Mm. because it's like
1: like, it would be the same as just having a you know a pageant for people of color Mm. but that's then setting us back 10 10 years 20 years 50 years and I, I think um this is such a but you know you know the musical hairspray
0: Yeah and they
1: had one side of the dance floor for people of colour and another side for white people like no no I want to see diversity Mm -hmm. in a pageant I want to see people from all walks of life whether they are a person of colour they are white they are um, from an indigenous tribe um, LGBT community trans I want to see them all together competing at a pageant Mm -hmm. Because that would be interesting to watch.
0: I think because, like, I'd understand there being, for one of a better word, limitations to who can apply if they're going to be like, oh, I want to show up as a as a male and representing as a male. Because it's very hard to judge a male walk in a tuxedo compared to a female walk in a ball gown. Um, yeah. But this is this is people that are like, well, I identify as. As being female, I w- I want to show up in, a, in it, an appropriate way for a pageant ball gown, and, and it
1: goes down the roots like people think that trans women do that for for fun or because of um, you know seedy reasons. But when we look at the the you know the the kind of body dysmorphia that a a trans woman faced in their old bodies it is, goes far deeper than than the outward feeling. It is definitely what is going on inside and the, the, the entrapment they feel in that body. Mm. And I And I think the lack of education around understanding the mind of someone that wants to go through transitioning needs to go far more than just having to do the education yourself. It's definitely something that needs to be taught in schools because how many children are there in life that are suppressing those those feelings and you know ending up killing themselves because they feel that their their feeling is not right
0: yeah i i find it really heartbreaking that we still live in a world where and this was a well actually i need to find the post where's the post this will help where's my now completely lost my phone Um, (laughs) It's like oh, there it is. I'm like sat, literally sat on it, um, because this 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 made me nearly cry. Like sort of, I well, I definitely welled up when I saw this. Um, pride is important because someone tonight still believes they're better off dead than being themselves.
1: Yeah,
0: and I just, and it- I, just I just, like. <laughs> I'm. I am a. I'm a survivor of suicide. Um, I tried to commit suicide when I was 15, um, and I was unsuccessful, as you can tell, because I'm still here. Um, and I had a lot going on, and just to think about the not even feeling that you were in your own body, like that you weren't in, even in the body that you were meant to be in, that you just. It just absolutely breaks my heart.
1: And I mean, I've just pulled up some rough figures now that were taken um, in 2000 and between 1999 to December 2015 revealed that the establishment of same-sex managers associated with, so it's was 134,000 children attempting suicide each year in the United States so that's lgbtq youth mm. you know those are those are drastic figures that um schools could have you know could help with
0: mm. for me one of the big stumbling blocks in there being more acceptance more understanding be it in life in general be it in pageantry is A very tricky subject because it is another area that's a big part of my life and that is I don't like to use the word religion um Mm -hmm. I am a person of faith I'm not a person of religion religion is man-made faith is god-given that's that's how I define the two but um for me religion is the problem here um that it's not seen as as god's way um and I I know there are a lot of very faith-based and religion-based, remembering that those are two very different things, and there are a lot of people that see those as two very different things. Um you can basically, if you see something bad like war, <laughs> um that's religion, that's not faith. Um, that's not true faith. Um and as a person of faith, um, I guess I probably identify as Church of England Christian as as the most accurate label but i'm in some weird hybrid um the god i know is a god of love and would never want someone to to take their own life for trying to be truly who they are would never want an um one of his children because we are all for me um as a christian we are all god's children um he would never want one of his children to not be able to follow their dream and compete in a pageant because they were worried that they were abnormal or they weren't being like created in his image or all those things that get thrown at people as um religious excuses for why LGBTQ plus is wrong. And it's like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's such a, and I do like starting this conversation. Actually, this is an area where I'm actually b- bizarrely really comfortable starting the L- LGBTQ plus conversation. That abbreviation needs shortening. I'm so dyslexic. It's so <laughs> hard for me to say that you have no idea how difficult it is to say that And um, but starting that with other religious friends to see if they are religious or faith-based and like starting those conversations and I'm very lucky to have some amazing faith-based friends that are interested in learning and growing more um about that and then going on and also spreading that word to others within our um faith community um but that is a big stumbling block in pageantry particularly when you go to an international that's even more heavily faith-based um
1: how- see religion is religious conversations are not something I am um, hugely I wouldn't say comfortable because I don't think I'm, I'm comfortable to have them it will put me in an uncomfortable position in some aspects of it but I'm just not familiar with it um it, it's religion is never something I've practiced or followed just because I didn't find a religion that I truly could connect with other than obviously my girlfriend is Buddhist and that's something that I could probably get on board with yeah. um but you know if we look at countries like Thailand where my girlfriend is from where you know the the population You know, it's heavily a Buddhist country. Um, And we look at the figures of how many gay, um, trans people there are as part of that religion. It kind of sees, I can see that it's inclusive. But then I look at the country where they don't allow trans women to change their gender to too female they still have to keep their old passport with their old photo on that's where I struggle a little bit but that's the country's issue not down to a religious issue
0: Mm. it's for me I would love any director that's like listening to this um because I'm I'm hoping some directors start listening to this (laughs) podcast because I feel like we drop some truth bombs that they need to hear sometimes and but I would I would love directors that are like well no we have x rule in place because we are a faith-based pageant um start to really question um their relationship with God um and understanding that in so many religions um god is a god of love and he's painted as a god of love and actually so many of the additional things that we then tag on that um like areas in the bible where they say it says that to um uh, to be homosexual is wrong well actually the bible wasn't written by god the bible was written by people supposedly translating god um, so you can get into the whole debate about the fact that maybe the person that wrote it was homophobic <laughs> and he's just not translated it properly. Um, and there's additional translations. Is, is if you are thinking that the rule, you can justify the rules in your pageant because it links to faith. Um, my, my opinion is you can't. Um, that it's, does, does that rule come from a place of love um, and inclusivity? And if it doesn't, then for me it's it's not a rule coming from faith and um, it's a rule coming from man-made religion and and not what true faith actually is um and i understand this is this is probably not your area of expertise so i sort of <laughs> tried to cover that there um but it is it when people find out i'm christian the they seem to very closely label me christian oh she must be homophobic
1: i think yeah that that's the kind of um labels that are put on Christian people because I think they you know social media as a whole has a tendency to make videos of preachers um for example standing outside of abortion clinics they have them preaching on the street. I've seen many photos of pride events where there are are preachers there saying you know being gay is a sin. And I think that's kind of um, embedded in our brains as we look at the negatives rather than the positives first um, whether as we need to train ourselves to maybe look a bit more at the positives and and more the success stories rather than the um unsuccessful stories
0: mm-hmm. there's um there's two things I'm very sure about with my faith that my God is the God of love, and my God gave us free will
1: mm-hmm
0: and he wouldn't have given us free will if he didn't want us to use it and us to be truly ourselves and that's yeah those are my like my two are like certainties with my faith and that's it um so please if you are a faith-based pageant <laughs> blaming faith for the rules in your pageant system you cannot blame faith for those rules you wrote them um and you're the one enforcing them so please change them um,
1: <laughs> and, if it's, and if it's a franchise you're the one buying into that franchise.
0: Yeah. So that, that's the other thing. So if it's, if there is a rule in your, I I, I genuinely think people need to be reading the rules more before they are entering pageants. Um, And I've, I've got into this conversation from so many different angles. I got into it um, with House and Pageantry interviewed me about dyslexia and saying that some, you are quite often only shown the contract you've got to sign, like two minutes before you've got to sign it. And as a dyslexic person, that's really overwhelming. Quite often it's at orientation when it's noisy and busy and things. Um, and it's not something you necessarily, particularly if you're new to pageants, you don't necessarily think you're going to suddenly have to read your contract and sign it within a five minute window. And um, I think that they should be including those in the welcome packs. Yeah. Because there are things that people don't even think to ask about being a- eligible to it. Like, how are people, how are how are pageants taking deposits when they don't even know if the person is fully eligible to compete in even the national, let alone the international side of the pageant? Um but also I'm hoping with there now being more awareness that people that aren't necessarily restricted by certain rules will look at the rules and go, hang on a minute, this is not inclusive. Even though this yeah. exclude me, I'm not gonna be a part of it.
1: And you could you could have paid your entrance fee, your hotel, your travel, your expenses, your dress, your this, that, that. You could it can get down the line and you spent two thousand pounds to turn up at a pageant to read the T's and C's and sign something as a finalist when you get there to go, actually, I don't agree with that, but I've spent all this money and I'm kind of trapped.
0: Yeah, it is. I think it's a particularly as well when we are new to pageants when we compete for the first time, We don't think to think that we could possibly be excluded, that we could possibly there could be something in there that wouldn't allow us to do it. Um, yeah, I. I had signed up to do a pageant and then found out I was pregnant. And although I was still allowed to compete pregnant, it would have been very close to my due date and first pregnancy. And she was a miracle baby. And I didn't, I didn't want to risk it. Um, but actually I also then found out at a later date, um, internationals don't allow unmarried pregnant people on the stage. Um, so in theory, I shouldn't have been allowed to do the international. I was. I, I they were very, very good, and I said I did. I I didn't even question it. I went straight in and said I didn't want to. So, um, that is on me. But um, but it would have been interesting had I been allowed to compete because that did. I decided for me for health reasons, stress reasons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, close to due date reasons, expense of having bringing a human into the world, etc., that I didn't want to do it. But after mm-hmm. I decided that, I also had those questions of if I didn't win but nearly did would I'd always be wondering if it was because of that and I think that can roll into LGBTQ plus as well be like if you came first runner up you're thinking did I not quite make it because
1: and that that was like at the start of this you know that was my mindset you know with Miss Wales you know if I placed first runner up and it was me coming out that stopped me from you know having my dream you know I, I could not that I'd kick myself it it would be like in a way I'd be heartbroken but then I would probably get over it because I'd come to the realization that you know that wasn't for me.
0: So this leads on to another kind of tricky area with this. Um... I'm getting quite opinionated on this. this is a, this is the prop? This is why I need to stop competing because running um, the podcast and being a part of Pageantland, even though we are not here as a governing body, and I reiterate that time and time again, but because I spend so much time digging into issues and interviewing and stuff like that, obviously it's it kicks up a lot of dust <laughs> doing what I do, um, and it's the fact that um, oh some systems claim they don't have a criteria and that they are inclusive to everyone but then they will also say that they don't give their judges any criteria and I'm like no criteria is still a criteria if you are not saying to your judges you are not allowed to factor in whether or not this person is gay or straight or whatever like that person then the decision is on that person
1: And you've got to trust your judges that they're not going to discriminate someone for the colour of their skin or for their sexual orientation. Um, And I think it's a big thing for directors to put that trust in, uh, you know, five to ten individuals. Mm. Um, Do directors now have to be forthcoming with saying, you know, this pageant doesn't discriminate? Mm or or is it just something that they assume judges should should be should, following should. anyway i think directors need to sit and have a talk with their judges cuz it's the only way they're going to get what they want is it what they want or you know get the best girl on the day
0: mm. I mean, we had we had a conversation around this on on Clubhouse where um, I brought to the front that I think pageants should be more open with their criteria to contestants and to judges. And not that their criteria, their criteria shouldn't be you need to be X tall, you need to be this skin color, you need to be this hair color, you need to be this sexual orientation. But their criteria is that it doesn't matter which one of those things you are like. That's still a criteria. Um, but if they're not then saying to their judges, you can't not you can't you can't score someone down because they've said they're gay in their interview, then how are they going to know that that isn't something, or how are they going to be aware of their own prejudice? Like, um, yes, of course there are people that that would actively be malicious and would still mark someone down, but if you haven't specifically, as a director said, please don't let those things impact your results. And or impact how you choose someone, then it, it's kind of leaving this massive sort of grey area, and it doesn't even bring the concept to the forefront of the judge's mind. And um, I mean, funnily enough, this conversation actually started around dresses originally. <laughs> um, like, how can you tell and um, say, oh, we, it's not judged on the dress; it's about the person in it. If you haven't told your judges to not judge the dress, yeah. And I think the same applies to race the same applies to uh, sexual orientation it just it uh, like height everything like if you have you need to be very very and that's why I'm like you need to give your judges a criteria and no criteria is still a criteria and um, keep saying criteria it starts to sound wrong so I sound like I'm saying the wrong word but I know I'm saying the right word um and I guess part of that also is if you've not given them a criteria they're gonna even if it's subconsciously gonna be looking to previous queens. And if you yeah. haven't got the representation, you haven't got the openly rep- people openly representing themselves um, from previous years and recent previous years, then how are they going to know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially if you've had maybe like a past queen that maybe the judges didn't get right, that's the example they have. Mm. You know, with so many conversations with directors there's some years where maybe in the first instance they haven't been happy with their queen (laughs) if that even makes sense Mm -hmm. and that's the example that the judges are maybe seeing um I don't know It's it's a tough one because I think directors do need to say you know this is an outline of what our pageant represents um although we do not discriminate Um, I still want to make you all aware that we are a pageant that doesn't discriminate and we accept everyone and we just want the guild that is going to work the hardest, which is fair enough. That's just have that, be open with that, say that to the judges.
0: I've had a lot of directors like say, oh, yeah, I really want a queen that does X, but I always get a queen that does Y.
1: Why are you getting those queens? And not, because you're not briefing your judges.
0: Not briefing a judge. It was like, well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And so I'm like, so what have you changed? Have you changed the criteria? Have you changed how you pitch your your pageant to prospective contestants? Like, have you put something else in the in the judging um, information? Like, what have you changed? Or oh, nothing? I haven't changed anything. I just keep getting these queens. Well, of course you keep getting those same queens. Um, <laughs> if you haven't changed a thing, you, that's all you will do. Um <laughs> it's very
1: frustrating. I know. I know. Oh. I,
0: I feel like we've covered so, so many things and so often with these, I didn't even put a time frame on when we started recording this. Normally I say to people before we start recording, we aim for about 20-30 minutes, but um I had pretty was pretty sure it would run on and Although I mean, it's a such, bit, it's such a, little a little
1: good bit. topic that I think there's so many questions that are, are unanswered.
0: Mm. And there will there will continue to be more questions. Um, and that's why I'd really encourage people, if there is a topic, be it LGBTQ+, be it inclusivity about any area, anything to do with pageantry where you are struggling to ask the questions yourself I am putting my head on the chopping block here and saying I will find the person to ask and I will come on the podcast and ask it and that's <laughs> that's what I want to do with um like the dig deep and debate episodes is I'm um, I think I have kind of made like an active decision to put my head on the chopping block for the benefit of sparking conversations um because I'm Oh, I have a beautiful habit of rubbing people up the wrong way anyway, so I might as well lean into it. (laughs) I'm going to embrace it from now on. I might as well use my superpower for good instead of just annoying people. At least it's starting good conversation.
1: Well, I'm a pretty open book anyway, so if anyone listening does have any questions to ask and they're maybe scared of judgment or in fear of asking them, I'm always here to, to answer those questions without being um, offended or annoyed.
0: <laughs> and if you if you don't know Lauren and you'd like the question to go to Lauren, but be anonymous, you're also very welcome to hit me up. I'm either through the Pageantland um, Instagram, but do be aware everyone on the Pageantland team has access to the Pageantland Instagram, Facebook, email, etc. So if you want it to be anonymous and maybe even if you might not trust me, you might prefer to go to one of the other members, go via their private Insta and, and ask them to be anonymous. And, and the same, we will try and, and clarify this in all these details, deep and debate if the guest is happy to receive anonymous questions via us but um, i'm i'm guessing lauren you're happy with that should have asked i'm i'm happy (laughs) that just kind of came to my mind that actually that might might also give people more ways of of getting the information that they need um because it can be a bit of a minefield if you hit up google for information so um Loads of options there. You've got the whole Pageant Land team, or go direct to Lauren and um, to get the information. So, I guess we really need to know is where can we find you on social media?
1: Um, my Facebook is open. Um, it's Lauren Elizabeth Parkinson. Um, you'll find my little photo is me wrapped around with, with a pride flag wrapped around me. Um, or my Instagram is Lauren Parkinson underscore underscore. Unfortunately, just Lauren Parkinson itself was taken. So I had to add some underscores <laughs> at the end.
0: A bit of decoration.
1: Yep. Yep, definitely.
0: Um, so, yeah, I- anyone can message me.
1: Um, and I'm always checking my requests as well.
0: Awesome. I will link those also in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, um, I, some of the platforms I don't know if all of the platform. We're on like nine platforms at this point, I think, um, but uh, iTunes and Spotify definitely show the show notes, and those are our two most popular ones according to my analytics and um, so check the show notes out there or um yeah you, you can give pageant a poke um if you're if you're having issues finding lauren and we can send you in the right direction thank you so so much for coming on this evening and kind of my guinea pig for this new format i'm very excited about it though um and <laughs> it's been amazing because we were we both came on being like long day busy day bit tired might nod off and we've just got so much absolute gold we have we have
1: I will um be enjoying a nice sleep tonight
0: (laughs) sleep well and and that's
1: for sure (laughs) thank you for having me and thank you everyone for listening
0: Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode.